Hey y'all, so there was an issue with my local audio recording. We have a backup, but you will notice slightly different audio quality, uh, and there won't, I wasn't able to edit out the crosstalk. I hope you still enjoy the content. Still was a really fun episode, um, but you might hear a little bit more crosstalk than usual. That has to do with just a, a glitch on my end. That'll be cleared up next week. Thank you so much for understanding. Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leopardome! I knew it! So hot! A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me this week, as always, is Mr. Ridiculous Hat. Hello, Hat. How has your week been treating you? That's all right. It's all right. Oh, no. (laughs) So I had to fight with so many chairs, and I know that seems like an inanimate thing that you wouldn't normally have to get into an altercation with. Oh, no. I understand fighting with furniture. (laughs) I am that uncoordinated. (laughs) So the movie theater I work at, we have powered reclining chairs, oh. uh, which are they're really, really nice. But they plug into an outlet underneath the chairs. And to fix that outlet when it becomes unplugged because we clean under it, you have to lift up the whole thing. And I worked all weekend and uh, there was a lot of chair wrangling. And uh, so I'm a little sore because I'm old and out of shape. So, you know, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you're younger than me. So therefore, you will always be young and never old. <laughs> Yes, I will tell that to my back, my hairline, and my mortgage. <laughs> oh, life. Why is it a thing? <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, um, th- that, but for you. Ugh, just awful. <laughs> Do you feel any better? No. Because uh, I believe, to recap, listeners, uh, Joss had slash currently still has the Rona. Yep, it's been for freaking ever. I can't even remember if it's been two weeks or three weeks because everything just is a blur of gross feeling like crapness. <laughs> so, yeah, I still um, feel pretty terrible, which is why I'm a unicorn again. <laughs> it's because yes. I just um, I can feel it coming already. I, I recorded uh, Gamers In last night. I came back and, and did that show and um, yeah, like <laughs> it was really touch and go. So I'm going to do my best. <laughs> to do uh to do tack with you tonight hat and uh yeah but uh i don't don't want people seeing me hacking up a lung (laughs) it's okay you were once again still a very pretty unicorn yes yes i am (laughs) uh so we do have a lot to talk about this week so we're gonna get right into it but before we do i wanted to say a big thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash tac if you want to support the show here if you want to support myself and ridiculous hat that is the best way to do it. Head on over to patreon.com slash tack. Becoming a patron does give you access to our amazing tack discord server. There's a lot of really cool people over there talking about all different
different Hearthstone modes, including the ones we don't even talk about on this show. So if you're into that kind of thing, then head on over to patreon.com slash tack. And that brings us to the news. Good news, everyone. We got a patch. We knew we were getting a patch. We talked about the patch last week, but we didn't know what the patch was going to be. And it turns out um, we're pretty good at this thing. <laughs> I think we yeah. like they nailed everything except for Theotar. We were hoping would go to six and he only went to five. But other than that, I think we nailed it. <laughs> I will say they um, gave us a picture of the cards. Yes, so that's true. <laughs> they did help guide these predictions. We did miss on the idea of would they maybe do more? I mean, you know, we didn't commit to that idea, but we left the door open and that door was firmly shut. So the next time we see one of these, we're going to assume the cards in the image are probably the cards that they do. Um, and Jonathan Vigil was correct. The red outline, at least this time, did mean nerfs. So I, I guess have we'll to see assume that any greens that that was yeah that was very purposeful because it was the red fiery outline so well spotted vigil well spotted <laughs> so let's get into the actual details here so uh, we do have official patch notes now obviously because the patch is live um, so it went live on October thirteenth and there were updates to four cards on the standard side of things so first and foremost. The card on everyone's mind is Theotar the Mad Duke. So uh, he went from four mana to five mana. Now, when we talked about this last week, we talked about a whole bunch of things. We talked about um, increasing up to six mana, although I think I think we all kind of settled on the fact that it was probably just going to be a one mana increase, but I would have been okay with a two mana increase. And we floated some other ideas as well to actually change his card text and how he actually functions. But um I've still been playing with him. He's in my mage deck and I've been playing a little bit of mage this week. So uh, I haven't really noticed a big change. <laughs> like if I'm you I, feel it at all when you actually play it. No, no. Like, I mean, I, I was no. never really slamming him on four. So the the being able to play him one turn later doesn't really make a difference. And then, you know, it's it's so much a situation where I'm going to pay probably whatever mana cost they put on this card for this effect just because i feel like half the time i don't even need to be able to play the card i just want to steal something that's important to my opponent so i don't know what about you had have you noticed a difference so it, it there are interesting knock-on effects here um I was talking with Zacho, who is my co-host over in Vicious Syndicate, and also who uh, who writes the data report over there. And we found some insights. A nerf to Theotar is a nerf to Renathal, because these slower decks all get a little bit worse because Theotar is a little bit clunkier, as well as nerfing Hunter. Hunter was a big anti-aggro deck. All of these nerfs were designed to enable faster strategies. And you look at the most played best deck right now, it's the one we covered last week. It is Curse and mm -hmm. Warlock. If you look at the top decks, Diamond Through Legends since the patch right now, the top four, Curse Imp Warlock, Naga Priest, Regular Imp Warlock, and oddly enough, Beast Hunter is fourth. And then Agro Druid in fifth place. If you look in the last three days, uh, Enrage Warrior is also a top five. Well, I got, and we're going to talk all about the the meta and, and what's being played a little bit later on, but uh, oh man did i get wrecked by an enrage warrior it's it's a totally different build than the one that i was trying to play a couple months ago it is 
ultra aggressive and i just got i just got totally destroyed by that uh the dude that when he's damaged has charge he came out of hand at like yep. a 15 attack thing and then got hit with the location for warriors and i was just like well there goes my health pool <laughs> I had a turn six lethal with a 22 attack Olgra this week. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's in Rage Wars legit. I have been climbing in top 200 with it. So wow. the the format by removing Beast Hunter as a roadblock to aggressive strategies, you know where Theotar is not good is against the aggressive strategies. And at five mana, he's so much more of a tempo cost to play in those matchups not mm-hmm. in every like if you're against a slower deck it's still the same but if you're against an aggressive matchup you don't notice the difference because you never cast him you do other stuff and you just don't need to bother to theo um so overall when you look at it theotar's place in the meta has gotten a little worse in addition to the card itself being a little slower but if you are playing a deck that wants to go to turn 10 or later and your opponent is also playing a deck that wants to go to turn 10 or later, you need to run Theo, and he's still the most important card in the deck outside of Denathrius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been finding that, that like, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, <laughs> damn it. The only times that I'm not, like, I, I don't need to, I don't need to play him in the matches where I can't play him anyway, which is why I was kind of saying that mana cost doesn't really seem to matter because against decks where I want to play Theotar, then I can just like find a turn to play him. You know, like I'm not worried about playing him against some of the more aggressive ones, but even against like the the curse in Borlock that we talked about last week, you know, I'm stealing some of their bombs. Like I'm stealing their Rafam. I'm stealing their Dark Vein. Like I'm stealing their payoff cards. Um, and in some cases, even stealing, you know, one curse generator is is fine if they've got their curses up to five or six damage. You know, like it's kind of okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm, you know, even in some of those kind of mid rangey matchups. He's still good. <laughs> so it's it's just the very aggressive ones, the very aggressive matchups that uh, where I can't really play them and I don't want to play them anyways because I want to be like gaining armor and killing their stuff. And yeah, so I don't know. Again, playing as the mage. Yes, it's I don't notice it as much because I'm playing a lot of decks that try to win before turn 10, a lot of faster decks. And so it's just not a part of my world. Or if it is, they play it and then they leave. But for (laughs) your world, you want to slow the game down. And so that's a big part of it. Yeah, very much so. So I think that like I I am still seeing it. It still sucks. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know. Again, I wish that they'd maybe taken a look at the card text because right now it just doesn't feel super great but uh the dev comment on theotar was uh theotar is a defining card in the current meta he plays an important role in giving players agency against powerful late game plays but he can be very frustrating to lose to we don't want him to be one of the most popular cards in the next expansion which is coming soon uh that was that was emphasis added by me not in the dev comment but (laughs) next expansion is is relatively soon uh, and our goal with this change is to lower his play rate across all ranks. If his play rate doesn't drop significantly with this change, we'll evaluate further changes at the next opportunity. So he's like, he's still on the radar. There's still a possibility that he he could see some more changes in the future. So um, I don't mind, you know, taking some time to just see how this plays out. Yeah, it's... Uh... I'm looking at the stats right now in Diamond Through Legend since the patch. Theotar is still the fourth most popular card in the game. Um... 
Bran, Renathal, Denathrius, and Theo. So mm. it got it got worse, but like forty percent of decks play Theo. That's still kind of too much. Right? Still feels like, like not, too many. Yeah. The the I don't want to play against this in theory crafting. <laughs> Like, I just don't want to deal with this in theory crafting, so I want them to make it bad enough that doesn't happen. Maybe we can just, like, put out a post that's, like, the theory crafters pact. <laughs> like, everyone who gets into theory crafting has to sign it, and we all just agree that we will not play Theotar. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would not mind if we just, like, and uh, players have control over this by playing faster, aggressive stuff to a degree, but that's also limiting. Like, you can either deal with this effect that was nerfed but is still unpleasant to face, or you can play this specific kind of deck. And we all know the day one of next expansion, the first week, people want to try janky stuff, especially yeah. if the rumors about a new class being added are true. They're going to play things that aren't optimized, and then the best thing gets taken. There's rumors about a new class being added? I hadn't heard that. There are. Oh, well, being, I guess we're probably... Facetious. I guess we're probably going to uh, be talking about that a little bit later then. <laughs> we, have yes. a, we have an email. <laughs> we do. Oh, look at look at you. You're alluding. This is an uh-huh. illusion. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we also got changes to uh, the wild seed spirit. So the first one is the stag spirit wild seed. So this is the one that uh, takes three turns to wake up, gives you the weapon as well, um, is now instead of a 5-4, it's a 4-3. So uh, lost a little bit of health there as well. We, we thought that it was going to lose attack, but did lose the attack and the health. So little bit less uh, powerful when it wakes up which is good because uh yeah i still can't believe how it shipped right with the, the strength of that weapon and the strength of that body like damn <laughs> they took three total numbers off this thing now and it's still fine yeah it's still good <laughs> yeah but you like you can feel the difference here with these changes. Like these are really feelable when you play with and against the deck, as well as the other hunter nerf, Harpoon Gun, which they reduced, they reverted it. Reduced beast by three, reduced beast by two. Basically, I feel like all of the uh, the soul crushing moments playing against Hunter have kind of been eliminated mm-hmm. because it was all wild spirit high rolls into turn four Hydralodon. And that just can't happen anymore because the high rolls don't feel that crazy stag feels like an actual liability because it takes so long to wake up and i'm playing faster stuff and harpoon gun feels like it just kind of something that i don't even know if you keep it in the mulligan anymore you probably do but if you're going first and you hit you're drawing a five and you're going to draw that on turn four and you can't do anything about it Mm mm-hmm yeah, it makes it a decision, right? Which is the kind of thing that you want in a deck. Like, you you don't necessarily want to nerf cards to the point that they're totally unplayable. However, you do want to give players a choice to make. Yep. And this deck is still totally fine. As we mentioned earlier, if you look in last seven days, Diamond Through Legend, when did the patch come out? I can't look at last seven days. The 13th. Some days before yeah. <laughs> so if you look at last three days, Diamond Through Legend, Beast Hunter is the number three deck. Number three. Yeah. It's so bad. still fine. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, and so uh, in terms of dev comments, so they also changed, uh, we didn't talk about it, but they did also change the bear spirit, which is the one that takes two turns to wake up. Uh, so instead of oh, being I a two five, it's a, no, you jumped ahead to Harpoon. It's fine. doesn't matter. Uh, it's a small change anyways, because <laughs> it went from a two five to two four. Um, other than that, 
still all the same. So um, Hunter did get those three nerfs. And uh, the dev comment was Hunter is the most popular and arguably most powerful class in the game for some time, especially in low ranks. These changes are meant to address some of the sharper play patterns this class is capable of, which simultaneously lowering or while simultaneously while simultaneously lowering the overall class power level. Um, so, yeah, they, they were aware that Hunter has been powerful for a long time. And uh, yeah, so now the little drop in that power level, but still good, like still good. I'm, I'm interested to see what we're going to see in the next expansion so that we can actually like kind of potentially challenge Hunter a little bit with some of the other classes. I don't expect Hunter to get very powerful cards in the next expansion. <laughs> Well, at least not. I don't expect them to get big cards. Uh, I feel like Face Hunter has actually been kind of medium this year. That's like okay. okay in some of Face, Face Hunter was good for a long time. It was just like you could hit Legend Day One of a new expansion if you just played Face Hunter for like five expansions in a row. <laughs> it's true. It's okay but that it's worse year, now. <laughs> It, like it, I feel like it took a couple. Like it was okay. This expansion, it was. I I don't remember how good it was last expansion. I feel like it was fine. Um, but then the end of last expansion was Beast Hunter. This expansion was mostly Beast Hunter. I, I don't know. I feel like there's opportunity for some other huntery thing to happen, and for there to be good cards printed that don't fit in Big Beast Hunter. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. That they print good stuff, but it doesn't make sense in a Harpoon Gun deck. That you play them in something smaller, a thirty card deck. Mm. Do and people play those now? <laughs> they do. There's a lot of them. And that's why they didn't nerf Renathal, but they did talk about it. Mm. Wait, they did? They did. If you go to the very, very top. Oh, they talk right. About they the did. Okay, here goals. we go. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. I was like, I do remember something about Renathal, but I'm like, I don't know if I have that queued up. Apparently I do. <laughs> you do. Uh, you were so prepared. I was. Uh, so the dev comment was uh, that the meta is relatively stable right now with a few outliers. The goal for this patch is to reduce the frustration and give weaker decks a bit more breathing room and reduce the overall power level of Hunter. One notable outlier that is not getting changed, but which we are keeping a close eye on is Prince Renathal. He is powerful and popular, but we don't want this patch to completely shake up the meta because we have something fun coming in patch 24.6, which is before the next expansion. Uh, we want to see how Renathal performs in the next expansion before making changes to him. So... Yeah, I, which I think is good because, see, the thing about Prince Renathal, so Prince Renathal is the, uh, he was the, like, bonus card for the expansion, right? Like, everybody got him, they got him early, um, but he's only been around for one expansion, right? So I'm kind of curious, so I'm assuming 24.6 is going to be the pre-patch for the next expansion, right? We are probably two weeks or less away from that. right. Uh, so with that pre-patch comes whatever our free bonus community card is going to be that everybody gets. So is there going to be like a, if your opponent has Prince Renathal, then instant kill the hero? Like <laughs> Probably not. Like, I, I can't like, say I, for sure, no. That wouldn't a be Renathal crap. Uh, yes. That's... 
That would be funny, but probably not what they're going to do. Probably I, not, but it would be hilarious. I don't I don't know what kind of scope they're looking at here because Renathal was not advertised as something fun is coming. It was just a card they threw in the game and it accidentally made a new meta. Uh, and this is something that they're putting on our radar now, which means I think it's probably going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to be. So... There have been rumors floating around that. So we should just acknowledge the rumors now. Okay. The the rumors that have been floating around been that a new class is coming next expansion. That it is Death Knight, and that the the pre patch will include the the Frozen Throne Death Knights as a lead up to Death Knight. That's been the rumor that I've heard. Now, really? this is not substantiated. This is not corroborated. These are old, old cards. Like, I don't know if that would have as much of an impact as people might think it is. But that is the rumor that's been going. Well, the set of rumors that's been going around. Okay, so just, well, I guess a year and a half, just over a year and a half ago, um, there was, I think it was... Um, I think it was a Q&A uh, the, the, the AMAs that Dean used to do. The XR AMA, yeah. 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 Um, he said that there were no new Hearthstone classes planned for at least the next two years. Now, obviously, Dean's not there anymore. Things might have changed. This was a post from, you know, a year and a half ago. But, like, to me, that would say, like, not this expansion, maybe the start of the new standard year. The start of the new standard year is also when they introduce Demon Hunters. Um, it seems kind of odd at, to end on a new class, but maybe that's just because the only other time they brought in a new class was at the start of a year. So I'm like, the end? That's um, they're just not right. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't... like. It. It, we don't know. We have no clue yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. These are rumors going around. These are these seem like largely community fueled rumors. Yeah, like why would you bring back cards? So first of all, Demon Hunter doesn't have a Death Knight because um, they weren't around. I guess you could technically make a Death Knight hero card for Illidan somehow, maybe. Um, but basically, like you know, you've got one class in your game that doesn't belong in that set. Then if you're going to bring out an entire class that's Death Knights, why would you want to like muddy that pool by bringing back just the same, only different hero cards? Do you know what I mean? Like you, I would think you would want your new class to be front and center and different and cool. And if everybody could be a Death Knight, maybe it's not as cool anymore. I don't know. I It just that whole idea slash theory seems really muddy to me like it's just too many things like it's a fan wish list as opposed to something that a marketing department would actually do <laughs> right that's why i brought it up here because i like i don't know how much credence there is to this but i think that particular execution if there is a new class coming and it is death knight even like i don't think this is the way to build excitement for it i think this is the way to build confusion around it yeah so i have no <laughs> idea what they're gonna do or if they're even gonna do that maybe this is the biggest juke of all time we get pandas we get monk like I, I have no clue. Um, it's it's hard to say. I do think it's worth noting. Like the only other, the only time we got a new class was Ashes, yeah, and that was the first set of a year. And 
while I I greatly enjoy Demon Hunter now, I don't think that launch went that well. No. That like, launch almost made me quit Standard Hearthstone, and if it like Battlegrounds wasn't a thing, I wouldn't be doing the show right now. I wouldn't be playing Hearthstone. Like if I didn't have something else in the client to go and do, I didn't play Standard Hearthstone for like four or five months after Ashes. <laughs> So I think there is probably some merit to exploring different timelines for when to release because every variable around that decision should probably be in question Yeah, if they do that. But with that being said, yeah, it feels still pretty new. Like DH is still the new class. So I don't know if we're ready for it yet. I vaguely remember that AMA from Dean. I also did remember he said uh, last year he was asked questions about next year's standards. He did say a larger than normal third set. Do you remember mm. that one? Yes. Yeah, I do remember that. So which, that you know, a larger than normal. Set. Yeah. Larger than normal set would potentially point to a new class because Ashes had all the extra Demon Hunter cards too to kind of bring them up to speed. Um, so maybe, <laughs> but I feel like somebody maybe took that information that did come from an official Blizzard source in Dean and then ran with it <laughs> and said oh, yeah. death knights what if what if they this 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 and this and then packaged it all together and said oh rumor it's like yeah but no <laughs> listen you gotta get those youtube clicks yeah you gotta get them somehow and i wouldn't be surprised if that just took on a life of its own the the other thing i was thinking you know how they normally do the reversions with the like expansion release pre-patch the week before um like they put out the point zero patch yep. on the thursday when they're going to release the expansion on the tuesday and for that like five or seven day period or whatever it's wacky yes what if they do that in point six instead could be so that means we just have a month of super wacky standard now a month is a long time mm-hmm so I don't know if that's too long, but I am out of other ideas. So uh, I, I, <laughs> so we're going to go with a month of wacky standard. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to throw it out there as like, it's talk amongst yourselves, listeners, figure out what you <laughs> think they're going to do. But this is just a, a dart that I'm throwing at the board. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, I'm sure that uh, we're going to know sooner rather than later because uh, we're running out of time in October. Usually we'd get a new expansion announcement in the first week of November because that was when BlizzCon was traditionally. So uh, it's got to be Aww. coming soon. I'm sad. <laughs> like it's, I'm glad that you don't have to cancel your plans because you would have had plane tickets to go and you have coronavirus. <laughs> so I am the reason things there. get canceled. <laughs> I was gonna say you would you would not go to a BlizzCon that was theoretically happening, but they're not even doing a BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, I miss it. Yeah, it's been a long time now. Wait, this will be three, three years. years. Three damn. years. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. We'll see what happens, but the next one might be in Renton, Washington. So who knows? Mm. Uh, we also got some changes over on the battleground side of things. Uh, so. Wait for it. Here we go. Hero updates. Uh, so, Fungal Mancer Florgol, his Gone Fishing hero power 
went from selling four minions to five minions, get a random Murloc. So he he was pretty um, he was pretty powerful. And uh, so alongside his hero power nurse, he also had uh, an armor tier change. So he went from no armor to four to seven armor, depending on the lobby. So um, lots of changes there in terms of Flurgal. We also got quest reward updates. So smoking gun, it went from five attack to four attack. Um, I, so Hat, do you pick smoking gun? Yes, all the time. Okay, I never pick smoking gun. <laughs> I feel it's like it's really, probably good really in like good. in in beasts and mechs and things where you're making tokens because it kind of makes you deathwing on steroids, right? It's good if you have divine shields or tokens. Um, but also it is 28 extra attack, assuming no modifiers. Mm, fair. <laughs> that's, that, that's like, that's a large number of attack. That's more, it's more than you would have <laughs> if you didn't have this. Um, so it's not I find not that sexy. there's some, like, uh, smoking gun and I think, uh, is it red handed or, or something? Red hand. Red hand? I okay. Red hand. <laughs> yeah. I, red hand, that's the one that it buffs a minion in your hand. Yeah. You have to be patient and wait. I don't, no, 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 no. We take gun. We shoot the gun. I can do that right now. I take <laughs> it. My stuff gets better. It's the opposite of patience. It's go shoot now. Mm. Smoking fast but they actually had to nerf they had to nerf smoking gun so many times the issue they had to make it plus four attack and easier to complete because they couldn't nerf it anymore without it turning into like a staff origination where you would always die before you finished it mm. so they actually had to pull it back so they can make it easier but yeah i pick this most times i see it because it like this is your top four hero power you can win with it, but this is totally the demons of hero powers. We're like, I don't know how often it'll win you a lobby, but you will get top four most of the time. Mm. It makes your it makes every minion your comp a lot better. Like an alley cat is two five ones. Yeah, I can see. I can see how two five ones is better than two one ones. <laughs> it's about eight better. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just uh, there's some that I just never, ever take and some that I always take. So, I mean, I obviously Anima Bribe is, is up there. Uh, Wisdom Ball, obviously, always take um, lamps, lamps, lamps. Yeah, the the uh, I love lamps. only need two copies to make a golden. That's lamps, right? Pilfer lamps. That is yep. what that is. I don't. Or stolen like, gold. Will, That's another one you always take. I will briefly. I will briefly skim the description for pilfered lamps just to make sure it's not something that I can't even begin to fathom. But if it is not like pick two tribes that you really never want to pick and get eighteen of them or something, if it's not something that I'm like, Ugh, then I'll just take it because I like. I don't even care if I if I get fifth place and I die before I finish it. I love pilfered lamps. Love it. So many goldens, and we're going to talk about lobby legends in a minute. But uh, yeah, the <laughs> lobby legends, the boards with pilfered lamps are just ridiculous. So absolutely insane. Uh, we also got some minion updates. So uh, Nether Drake. So Nether Drake is the one that buffs your at the end of your turn, buffs your dragons plus one attack. Uh, so instead of being tavern tier two is now on tavern tier three and it's a one five instead of a zero four, which I think is a really good change because there was some pretty crazy cheese going on with nether drake because you had um nether drake and you had um 
There is Glyph Smuggler Guardian and Glyph Guardian. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Too. So you yeah, had basically all of your kind of like scaling. You could just like stay on Tavern 2 and just get golden smugglers, golden nether drakes, golden Glyph Guardians. And, you know, your guardians every time they double, you know, you're getting health buffs on your on your dragons because your nether drake was giving your whole board the plus one. And then every time your um, Glyph Guardians would attack, they're getting more health buffs from your smugglers. And because you're on Tavern Tier 2, it was really, really easy to find golden versions of those minions because there were so many more in the pool. So, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a, a cheesy comp, and I'm, I'm glad. You know, it's always fun to to have those kind of strategies in a certain mode, but I feel like if they go on more than a couple of weeks, it's kind of like, eh, you know what? Like, it's getting old now. Can we do something different? Um, Like, stuff that's especially in battlegrounds when you have strategies that are so cheesy and viable and exist on tier one or two it's just like meh. it's very similar to um togwaggle when uh when she worked the way she did and you could just kind of stay on one forever <laughs> and then cycle through with uh elementals when in buddies in that meta yep. um yeah that was ridiculous and, and got old quickly and this was a yasera nerf like this is yes, that's yeah. what this was. Um You didn't even I'm have to be on Ysera though. That was what was crazy, is you could do it on basically any hero because that kind of combo existed at such a low tavern tier. So But yeah, it's definitely yeah, also Ysera nerf because Ysera is super powerful. <laughs> I'm looking at the heroes. Top fifty percent MMR current patch uh on HS replay, one point five million games. The hero balance right now is kind of astounding. The number one hero in the game is Flurgle, still top 50% at 4.32. The worst hero they have tracked is Silas Darkmoon, who's at 4.85. There is a 0.53 difference between the best hero and the worst hero in the whole game. Which is pretty crazy and honestly um, really interesting because this was one of the things when they made the change with the Tavern Pass and put the two heroes behind that paywall. It was obviously a very controversial decision and one of the things that they said in that blog post was that they were committed to hero balance and i think this is the most balanced we've ever seen battlegrounds in terms of discrepancy between best and worst so it seems like they are you know for now knock on wood whatever keeping their promise i will give them props for that however big old asterisk this is because of quests they couldn't well, do this yeah. without quests. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the the quest to hero armor tier balancing is brilliant and inspired and dynamic and really helps centralize. And that makes me a little nervous for the next season if they pull quests out. How are you going to do this? Because the only way they've been able to centralize heroes this way is to have multiple dynamically balanced mechanics that centralize the game for you. And one of them is this season's mechanic. Which, I mean, you can think of that one of two ways. Either that, you know, quests don't go away and we and we kind of keep that going forward and they maybe uh, change the theme, you know, so that we're not, uh, you know, so invested in like the Nathria murder mystery theme. Um, or they come up with a new mechanic next next time that does the same thing. But I think that like, Given all evidence we have now, <laughs> the fact that, you know, we've got uh, this is the first season to have quests is the first season to have the tavern pass with the hero choices locked. 
Um, and it's the first season where they have explicitly committed to balance and they've been able to do that. And obviously they knew Quest was coming. And so, you know, they have made these kind of minor updates to, you know, whether it's quests or minions or whatever. Like, I think we can I think we can say that they've kept their promise and hopefully they keep it going forward. But I think that, you know, we do have to acknowledge the fact that, like, they told us it was going to be balanced. It's balanced. Huzzah. <laughs> I'm waiting for this stupid motorcycle. Yeah, to go I heard the vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> Oh, good. You can hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, Codename James in the chat room is saying that Quest better not go away because it's the best thing to happen to BGs. And I think um, Hat and I are both in agreement. I think um, I found BGs have really kept my interest. I think they're really fun to play. I think Quests are a really big part of that. And and the balance that Quests bring, as, as Hat alluded to, um, really does help because I never really go into a lobby now and look at the heroes and go, oh, man, there's like, you know, Ysera and Flurgle. Well, I guess I'm just going to, you know, come third at best. <laughs> so, you know, you don't feel like you feel like you have a shot. And and that's a good feeling in every lobby you go into. So, yeah, I think that uh, they've really ticked the balance box. <laughs> and uh, and yep. I think they deserve some props for that. I mean, I'm still not saying that I agree with putting the heroes behind a paywall, but, you know, this is, uh, I think, the best they could have done to to make good on on their promise of balance. They did what they said they were going to do. It's effective. It is one of the best mechanics they've ever added to BGs, and it also happens to be a dynamic self-balancing mechanism. It is the most BGs I've played still to this day since the mode launched. Like, every positive thing I have to say about this, I have to say, I'm not sure that Quest should stay in forever. Because I don't want there to be a permanent power change to the level of the power that's in the game. Like, uh, people like going back to BGs being BGs every so often. Mm. Uh, And I think it's important to have that be something that's still around. Not forever, not all the time, but at least some of the time. And you can't do that while you leave quests in the game because quests change how the game plays. Um, But I do hope that it's the sort of thing where, you know, if they take away quests in every point two patch... For the for a new BD season, I hope there's an opportunity to add them back in the point six patches two months in, so that we get a couple months of quests every time they do a meta because they're really that good. Um, but yeah, they they did everything right this patch they possibly could on the design side to make up for a business decision that was not theirs to to mm-hmm. make but theirs to deal with. They handled it as well as they could have, and they went above and beyond with how amazing the quest mechanic has been and how well balanced these heroes have been. So nothing but props for them. But I hope they're able to maintain this if they don't have the quest mechanic by probably pursuing another dynamically balanced mechanic. Mm-hmm. Now, we did have one more change to the dragon minion type uh, to make up for the fact that the nether drakes were moved up a tavern tier. So the Twilight Emissary, which is the uh, taunt battle cry, give a friendly dragon plus two plus two, uh, has had its stats changed. It's been uh, lowered down to a three three from a four four and uh, is now on tavern tier two. So uh, they swapped. So now we've got um, a pretty decent dragon, honestly. I mean, Twilight Emissary is is a decent card so i or decent minion so i mean i'll be i'll be buying this on tier two (laughs) yeah it's i mean a a tier two if you have something to hit with this this is a tier two five five like it's yeah that's 
It's pretty solid. Um, Plus, again, it's going to synergize with that exact same build that we were talking about in terms of dragons with the smugglers and the glyph guardians, except for it's going to go off once instead of multiple times every single turn like craziness, right? <laughs> yeah, it's this is clearly worse than what Nether Drake was on tier two, um, but also good. We want it to be worse. That's why we're nerfing it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Nether Drake like was too powerful. This feels more balanced. But if you can if you can buy on three level on four, sell on five and buy Glyph Guardian Twilight Emissary, that's really good. That's you attack with an eight six and have a three three taunt to defend it so it can attack again for 16. Mm -hmm. uh, big numbers. Yeah, big numbers are good. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, we also had a Lobby Legends tournament this weekend. Speaking of Battlegrounds, uh, I did. I watched some of it. Uh, I know. I don't know. Hat, did you manage to see much of it? I was working this weekend. Oh, right. Yes, we already did mention part. that. Uh, apologies. The, the chair fights. <laughs> the yeah, chair it's fights. Okay. Um, but I, like, I, I did hear about it a little bit. Uh, there are a couple things that, the you know, of course, high-level BGs, I love watching this meta because people win with comps that are not comps, and they do things that I would never do, and they win because they're good, and I lose because I'm bad. Like, it's, I just love seeing people play their quests and not what I think a comp needs to look like and are able to win that way. But there were a couple, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but a couple talking points there's, around this event. Yeah, there's always, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's always something, right? <laughs> it wouldn't be a Hearthstone esports tournament without some sort of I like you phrasing it as talking points. I mean, you know, sometimes they're controversies. And in this case, uh, so there, there were kind of two things. Do you want to do you want to start with the gameplay one? Probably start with the gameplay one. Let's start with the gameplay one. Let's start with another hidden body. So another hidden body. That is the quest that you can complete multiple times uh, that every time you do a thing, you discover a minion of your tavern tier. It doesn't give you a token in your hand. It just discovers a thing. Um, every time that happens, it plays the quest animation and the quest animation in constructed and also every other bg's quest is designed to play once a game and that's it so it's kind of long it's a 10 second long interaction and in animation that you cannot click through another hidden body they got the feedback and they noticed it in their playtesting. hey we need to make this faster so they pulled it out of the game and then they they sped it up and they put it back in the game in the most recent patch well they sped it up from 10 seconds to five seconds but five seconds is still a big chunk of a BG turn. And we saw Sleepy in, uh, in a late stage match pick another hidden body, get locked out of a turn because of the final animation so that he was unable to play his seventh minion. And he lost that lobby because of it, that combat and that lobby. And it ended up costing him $1,000. It was a $1,000 animation. So the team is aware of this. And I think in your average player's games, it might not be quite as much of a, a limitation. But still, when I play with this, it's really fun. I want to do this all the time. But there's a lot of downtime in that animation because mm -hmm. quests were not designed to do this. Yeah, it's it's a really fun. And depending on what your activation criteria is, um, can be a really powerful quest reward. And it's really too bad because like on the one hand, you can say... Everybody knows that animation takes five seconds. So if you're in a tournament, maybe another hidden body isn't the best quest choice. However, <laughs> that feels really crappy if it's the most powerful option given to you, right? Like if you can discover 
your a minion from your tavern tier two or three times in a turn, like that's a very, very powerful choice. So I think that it's the kind of thing that um, they probably need to look at somehow. But again, it also depends how long quests are going to be around. Is there a point in changing it? If this is a mechanic that's going to stick around for another two months, maybe like how many more lobby legends do we have before the end of the year? Because that's also their like esports stage, right? So, you know, if we've got one more lobby legends and the mechanics only going to be around for a couple more months, do you bother <laughs> or do you just as a player learn a lesson? I don't know. I feel like leaving a mechanic in the game that kind of doesn't function by design is probably not the way to go. Let's, the first game I played with Quest period was the pre pre animation buff one. And it was play three Murlocs to get a Murloc. And like, it was super fun, even though I ended every turn with 10 gold. <laughs> but like, it was super fun. I easily smashed the lobby and I wanted to do that again. And like, I, I, reported it like afterwards i reported one the animation is too slow two this criteria is probably too easy it seems kind of busted. you should probably fix that um they did both but i wanted to do it again so the idea of a quest that happens multiple times i really love that defying the design of it the problem is just the animation so if there's a way to do this while removing the animation from subsequent activations or something like that I think there's real opportunity here because the payoff of gameplay, it is fun. I want yeah. this in game, but I don't want it to eat my turn. Yeah, very, very. I think that's fair. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they'll they'll figure out a way. I mean, I don't mind the first time it goes off it taking, you know, the, the normal yeah. quest animation because like everybody gets that right so it's um equally detrimental if that makes sense but then every subsequent one after that it should just kind of be like like play the level up sound from wow or something and then just pop up your discover choices like there's no reason to go through everything all the time as i say that big asterisk maybe it's a limitation of the client who knows like maybe trying to disable all that other stuff that happens uh would would break the quest completely yeah it's it's still a quest and the condition is still tied into quest conditions. And this is what quests do. They play the quest animation when they finish. It's yeah. baked into the client. So they have to either hack together an alternate solution somehow. Or no, actually, that's just it. They, that's what they have that's to what do. That's what they have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, there are different ways to solve it, but they have to, they have to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the second thing that, that I did want to talk about, and I hope that this doesn't make me sound like a jerk, but um, the commentary on this Battlegrounds Lobby Legends was not great. And I very much love TJ and Derek. Um, I think they are great standard commentators, but uh, I will say that um, having them together on the BG's cast made me turn it off <laughs> like and and I, like I feel really really bad saying that but um I I very very strongly feel like lobby legends needs to have like if you want to have one experienced host cool bring somebody over from your standard casters that are used to doing all the master's tour stuff absolutely um and then but you know then have a seat for somebody who only does BGs and knows all of the crazy strategies and the synergies and stuff because um, I found 
quite often I would be watching and it would be like hero selection time and, you know, Sottle, who was the observer, was finding really interesting choices for the, the that the players are having to make and, you know, where what minion types are going to be in the lobby were going to really matter. And instead, the casters were talking about something like totally unrelated and it takes you out of the entire you know, esport experience. And if the outcome of your casters is to have people turn off your esport, then you're not meeting the goal, which we've already had them say is marketing. <laughs> so, like, that's the exact opposite reaction you're going to want people to have when you have a marketing event. Like, you want more people to come and watch, not to shut you off. So, I think that, like, again, I, I love TJ and Derek. I think that they're great. I think they're uh, great on the standard broadcast. I just think that um, we need some actual BGs commentators to be joining them on the desk because, uh, yeah, it was sadly lacking. Like, I mean, look at who's in Lobby Legends and then, like, who's been in Lobby Legends before. Like, grab Bofer. Like, let him cast. Grab Slissa. Like, Grab sun, sun glitters like I I don't care. But, you know, get somebody who is like a 13, 14 K MMR player who can speak to these choices and, and speak to these different lobbies. Um, when we were talking before the show, I said to hat like it, it very meant like the, the kind of analogy that came to mind is like if when they had started doing standard tournaments, which wasn't even standard at that time, when they started doing like constructed Hearthstone tournaments, it's like as if they had gotten arena only players to come and do the casting it's like they were familiar with the cards but they didn't know the strategies and the synergies and what the players would be trying to do and uh, as somebody watching like that's what you're watching the casting for is to be told like oh hey here's that really cool play this is the decision point like this is what they're thinking and there wasn't any of that deeper strategy being presented so i mean in a lot of cases i felt like they weren't even presenting like the basic strategy they weren't even talking through how you play the game to like keep it at a lower level it was just it was a lot of off-topic stuff and it was really off-putting for me yeah it's uh i really like watching the pocky plays restreams um of bg's lobby legends pocky plays a great bg's player content creator uh they they update an armor tier list and they have a lot of really informative stuff in their feed all the time and they restream all the lobby legends and they're also a high mmr player uh and i really feel like i learn a lot there and i really liked in the last cast they had lee as mm. one of the co-casters explaining what was going on and he was able to speak to it of like he took high level concepts and then explained them to me in a way of like, oh, I would never do this or even know that the thing you're saying is a thing that can happen. But then I see it now and there it is. Yeah, what I find that? in particular, whenever I'm watching Lobby Legends or high level streamers on Twitch, I find their hand is always full. And I'm like, it's about like in mid yeah. to late game, I'm like, how do you have all those cards? Like, what are the choices you're making to have this handful of options that I am just obviously failing to do? Um, and so like to have somebody to say like, OK, they're trying to do this or they're saving that card for this or whatever. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of, of explanation of what was actually happening. Um, and I think that that was a really big missed opportunity this time around. Yeah, it's uh. You know, they're trying out some stuff. The absence of Gia was sorely felt for me. Yeah. Um, like, but she's busy making Battlegrounds. Instead of talking about Battlegrounds, we'll forgive her. 
<laughs> but this time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's you know they're they're gonna try some stuff out. This is still very early on in BGs as an esports, so I'm not surprised there are a couple uh, uh, experiments that don't necessarily work out. Yeah, a couple a couple of misses. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was Lobby Legends Mer- Merlock 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 eyes. <laughs> guys, come on. <laughs> It's Lobby Legends Murgle Gurgle Gurgle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go and uh, go and check that out. Um, I believe it was on Twitch as well, but definitely it's uh, it's up on YouTube. So, uh, oh yeah, it was on Twitch because they've started doing that thing where you can like interact and do. Um, there's like four different ways to interact, so you can like choose your uh your dream team so like you can choose four players and then um you're rewarded with twitch points once you actually have twitch space points that don't mean anything but you get those (laughs) if you pick um if you pick well uh you can also choose the winner of a specific match that they show or specific combat that they show you up on screen um i'm trying to remember there were two other things but anyways there's a whole bunch of twitch extension stuff that they're doing now um as well so again (laughs) pulling you away from youtube just when i got used to watching things on youtube they're like if you're on twitch you can do these fun things i'm like damn it i just came from there (laughs) so yeah but they are uh making some some changes and doing some cool stuff with uh twitch extensions so We've got to be getting to the end of the YouTube deal soon, right? Like we can start having this cool stuff for standard too. <laughs> this year, I think. I think it is. I think I so. Think like I think we're almost there. Two. It's almost yeah. time. Yeah, and then we'll move to whatever streaming platform Microsoft owns. Oh yeah, <laughs> they don't own one yeah. anymore. They nuked it. <laughs> was that Mixer? Yeah, that was Mixer. No, that was what was oh facebook was just facebook gaming right? yeah facebook is just facebook gaming yeah was that also mixer no no ma- the facebook gaming and, and microsoft's thing were, were separate but oh wait no facebook bought mixer and then shut down its own gaming platform too maybe anyways twitch and youtube now so anyways where else are we gonna go uh but yeah before we get into our strategy talk this week we are gonna take a moment to thank our sponsor today's episode is sponsored by honey it's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and it finds the best one it can to your cart without you doing a thing no more manually searching for coupon codes. That's way too much work. I don't want to do that. There are over 30,000 stores that support this. There's tech and gaming stuff, popular fashion brands, even food delivery. Save yourself a couple bucks on a pizza pie. Imagine you're shopping one of your favorite sites. You just get to that checkout screen. The honey button drops down. You click the big old apply coupons button. And if there is a working coupon, you will watch the price drop. I recently used it myself. My mother-in-law's birthday is coming up. And you might think, oh, does she want jewelry? Does she want flowers? No, no, no. She's a character. She wants to go to Atlantic City. So, my wife and I are going to join her. We're going to have a good time. Used honey. Went and got a sweet discount on a sweet room. It's going to be a good time. You can also do this on your iPhone, too, by the way. You don't have to be at a computer. Just enable it in Safari. You can find savings on the go. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use. So go get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash T-A-C. That's joinhoney.com slash tech. And thank you for supporting the brands 
to support the angry chicken. I'm muted. There we go. All right. <laughs> we have a strategy talk for you guys this week. We are going to talk about what is going on in the post patch meta. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? <laughs> Time to pay. All right. So as we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, if you did listen to the show last week, congratulations, you know how to play the number one deck, Curse Imp Warlock. <laughs> it's like we're psychic or something. 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 <laughs> Definitely something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Curse Imp Warlock is on top. I still think it's a really, really fun deck. Um, and if you're struggling against it, I've beaten every single Curse Imp Warlock that I've seen today with my mage deck because of all that extra armor. So they're not invincible, which sometimes Hunter was feeling invincible. So I feel like even though we've got a deck that is very powerful on top, it's not like oppressive. <laughs> I feel like even at a 54.5% win rate, that's not a crazy high win rate either. It's not... It, it, the distance to the next closest deck is a lot smaller than it was with Hunter. But so we're right in the strategy section. Let's talk about the strategy of emotions. How did Standard feel to you today? How did how did it feel? What was the vibe? I mean, I still I had a really good time. I didn't necessarily hate the meta before the nerfs, and I think that uh, seeing a little bit less Hunter is good. I'm not a huge huge fan of crazy aggressive strategies, so. You know, like aggressive decks aren't my favorite when they're being held down by other stuff. I think that's kind of OK. But that's my own personal meta preferences. I know there's a lot of people who like to play aggro. I know there's a lot of people who don't necessarily want their Hearthstone games to take 10 or 15 minutes or longer. So, you know, I understand it's a very personal meta choice, um, but I was kind of fine with the meta before. Um, I will say that, like, still getting Theotard <laughs> was something that happened, something I didn't like. And thankfully, I had my own to to kind of steal my stuff back. But I mean, I don't know. I just I think this is still fine. I think it, there's a little bit more breathing room now for some other strategies for people who enjoy that kind of stuff. And I think the meta felt good other than when Theotar showed up. So the the meta is really really interesting and varied and different if you like playing to the board and you want the game to end by nine or ten usually by nine it's i do think the biggest problem that i have with standard which is a small one because i like this format too is that if you want to kill off the board you're probably using denathrius and there isn't really a better way to do that mm -hmm. and that means that theotar and denathrius mirrors is important for taking this Nathrius. But Hearthstone games, for the most part, eight or nine turns has been how long they go on average for years and years and years. You don't really want it to be that much slower on average. I, I pro trust me. That's called Baron's <laughs> Priest. You don't want you don't want Baron's you Priest. You don't want that. Yeah. Want. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to win with minions, there are so many ways to win with minions, and they're interesting in different strategies. Some with high APM, some with low APM, some with, a, you know, really, really aggressive, some that take a little bit longer to build up. I think every single class has something to do right now. 
and you can play something with a ton of goofy RNG like a Thief Rogue, or you can play something that's pretty consistent like, well, Imp Warlock. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot you can do right now, and I think this format's reasonably powerful in the grand scheme of things, but not overdone. Like, there are very few deaths where I'm like, I have no idea what happened there, and I'm just done now. Yeah. Everything seems to take a minute. I'm just looking, man, your rogues, they're pretty far down. <laughs> Rogue is probably the... the. So, how do I put it? There are a lot of bad priest and warrior decks right now. If you look at the front page of HS Replay, you'll see those two as the bottom classes. But they also, both both classes have decks in the top two tiers. The classes might not be good, but each each class has at least one deck that's a real viable option. Well, yeah, Naga Priest, I think, Naga Priest is yep. number two, right? So, I mean, we've we've got a pretty solid deck here <laughs> that's, so that's got I a think, good win rate. Yeah, it's really, really good. This is the deck that I'd recommend right now for most people, especially if you don't want to play uh, Imp Warlock. Like, Naga Priest is where I'd recommend. But Rogue has the worst best deck. Like, the the best rogue deck is the worst one of any class. There's no uh, rogue I deck. I see what you you're saying. That, okay, like, so, yeah. like, even if you play the best rogue deck available, you still have a sub-50% win rate, according to HS Replay, Correct. which is the asterisk, yes. which is on all of this conversation. <laughs> it's, the, it's the class with the lowest peak win rate right now. There we go. That's it. Lowest peak <laughs> win rate. That the best you can do with rogue is still probably under 50%. No, not a lot under. You can play, like, there's a secret rogue build with Vandar that I've been playing that's really fun, and that's actually pretty decent in HS Replay. There's, you can do Miracle Rogue with Edwin's. There's even a Shark Rogue list going around, and, like, Thief Rogue's doing okay. Um, I think, actually, for Thief Rogue, I'd probably recommend going 30 card instead of Renathal 40 card, because I think you can do just fine with 30 cards right now, but people really love 40 for whatever reason. But you can do okay with it. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, the, uh, like the most the most popular yeah. Thief Rogue is, is a 40-card deck, which then, you know, yeah. like uh, um, Renathal, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the email section, but, you know, it is a trade-off. And, and I have noticed that in my 40-card decks, like, sometimes I just don't get the thing I'm looking for. Those extra yeah. 10 cards, it makes a big difference. So if there's a, a Thief Rogue version that's viable at 30, like... It's a fairly quick deck anyways, I think. Um, and maybe I'm playing it wrong. So, you know, Rogue is not my strong suit. Correct me, Hat, please. But um, I feel like maybe if you want the game to go a little bit faster and be a little shorter, you probably also don't necessarily want 40 cards. <laughs> I pretty much never want 40 cards. And I found plenty of success with 30 card Thief Rogue before, like, before the last patch um it's still totally just fine you play a lot more aggressively with it you don't play for a long-term value but you can still get it because you're still a thief rogue like you can still jackpot into into crazy stuff into a jar into a contraband stash you still do that but also you can tradable tradable knolls on three after a shroud into a swift scale trickster into blood in the water and just have a huge board on turn four and then just smash them in the head like you can still do that it's fine it works it's uh the the thing this meta is missing if it's missing anything is a lot of damage and combo from hand but otherwise i think it's kind of got everything else there isn't a ton of hard control in terms of attrition and ironically 
that's what Renathal is stopping. You might think of Renathal as a control card, but no. Renathal is a mid-range card. It says, I have extra life. Just pack my deck with stuff. <laughs> you can't really run a Renathal deck out of stuff. And so you can't really play a control warrior right now. Can't mm. really do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I So I was highlighting the Ghastly Gravedigger. So this is a new card. I've I've had this happen to me so many times now where they've taken stuff out of my hand and put it back in my deck, specifically my Denathrius. <laughs> These stupid rogues <laughs> doing shenanigans. I am happy, though, have that we're seeing... you ever shadow stepped to Denathrius? you ever shadow stepped to Denny? I have not. That would involve he playing rogues. He keeps the infuse number. He keeps it. He doesn't lose it. So if you, I do remember them saying something about that is that it, they kind of keep their their existing state because he kind of like turns into a new card every time he infuses. Yep. Right. Uh, same as the other infused cards do. Like if you shuffle in um, mischievous imp that's infused when you draw it again, it will still be infused because it's created a new card. It's not the old card with a with a buff. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense that. uh yeah, if Denathrius goes anywhere else, his his infused version would keep that number. That's that's a Hearthstone intricacy that actually makes sense to me. <laughs> Everything else Rogues do is crazy, but Denathrius and infused, I understand. <laughs> yes, it's like uh, Rogues. Okay, it's fine. I'm not playing a ton of it right now, but you could. There's a there's a Gadgetan auctioneer Shark Rogue list going around High Legend right now that's apparently really good. I don't know. Too much thinking. Me go face. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, that is not on my fancy list hat, so therefore uh, my scene is cropped very specifically for HS Replay, so <laughs> I do not know where that deck is, but I don't have a copy of it. Sorry. Sorry, Twitch. <laughs> it, no, it's, it, is, it is not something that I recommend people play. <laughs> I like there are five three like there are two people three people that i know that are having success with it in high legend right now and again these are all top 100 rogue mains um if you're one of them and you're listening to the show we're really glad you're here you don't need me to tell you you're already playing the deck <laughs> and if you're not probably don't i it makes my head hurt I feel like that was like early days of Naga Priest, which is really interesting because for a long time people were saying, you know, Naga Priest's win rate is low because it's a difficult deck to pilot. It's it's hard to do well with. And I think we're kind of past that point now, as shown by its number two spot here on our tier list. So um that's one deck that I haven't really played too much with is is Naga Priest. And I can appreciate and we've seen especially in the uh, Masters Tour, the most recent Masters Tour, we have seen some pretty absolutely insane pop-off turns with Naga Priest. And I watch those turns and I'm just like, holy crap, that is not the way I play Hearthstone. <laughs> I uh, I love that deck. I think it's great. I've en I enjoyed it in Voyage, but the problem in Voyage is that if you didn't draw the card wig, if you didn't draw Serpent Wig, your deck was bad. It was an arena deck. Now, it has a bunch of really good Nathria cards. You've got Pelagos, you've got Cathedral of Atonement, you've you got, you got all sorts of stuff. It's quite good. It's very fun. And it's, Boon of it's, the Ascended, too, which was a, a Boon big of the, shake, That yeah. card is wacky. It's wacky. It's just like, hey, you know how I do all these stats? What if I doubled them? Boop. And it's, just, it's, it's huge. So we should probably do that for strategy soon. 
we, we should, should. i think it. we should because i think that it's a in a very good very interesting place the last time i tried to play it was in before we got all of the uh nathria cards so i very much had the the deck is bricking experience where like i don't have wig i don't have wig i don't have wig and i'm dead so <laughs> i feel like uh this is a more like well-rounded deck it gives you some more options you still want to do basically the same thing but you have more tools to get there um so yeah i think it's uh it's an interesting deck and yeah maybe maybe we'll we will do that for strategy next week because uh it is performing as we said very well uh, is there anything else in tier one or two that you kind of want to highlight i feel like there aren't too many things that are crazy new although uh enraged warrior is is one that i think we should probably talk about because it's uh very aggressive and fun. very powerful and apparently fun so should we, do we want to talk about enraged warrior go face that was easy that's it's mostly <laughs> it's, so like we we did the destination we, we did the the strategy section on this um i don't a few weeks four weeks I don't know when we did this, uh, but yeah, the the latest vicious syndicate lists. Uh, it's a lot of one, a lot of one mana cards. Um, I found it to be very strong, and it punishes slower decks because it snowballs so fast. Now mm. you will not win the long game if they clear you and they come back on board. You can probably go. The games are really fast, and you know who's winning or losing pretty quickly. There, there are a few legendaries in it. Um, Olgra. Rokara Hero and Rokara Minion, you kind of want all three. Like, it's pretty hard to substitute any of them because they all serve pretty important purchases. They all serve pretty important purposes. Um, but, like, if you happen to have those and you have the rest of the cards, I definitely recommend trying it out. Play the deck very aggressively. Mm. You can coin out Anim Extractor into a different two-drop and, and the Anim Extractor will live. You should probably do that. Just get on the board as quickly as possible, buff with Imbued Axe, and, like, and just go to town. Yeah, and so uh, the Dredger, which is give a minion in your hand plus one health, is new. Uh, Anima, Anima Extractor, like you said, is new. This is um, the two mana whenever a friendly minion takes damage. Give a random minion in your hand plus one plus one. Uh, the warrior that I played against today who was playing this deck had Anima Extractor down on the board, had a whole bunch of one drops and just totally emptied their hand with the one exception of the crazed wretch which is the um has plus two attack and charge well damaged so they were basically just like damaging all their stuff on board with anima extractor there was nothing i could do because i was playing my spooky mage which is a 40 card deck and i was not finding the tools that i needed to actually remove the stuff off the board so they were just you know pinging stuff down and and doing some minion combat and everything else and by the time this crazed wretch came down it had like 17 attack and i was like well I'm dead. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very, very powerful card. <laughs> well, card slash combo. Yeah, it's Anima and Imbudax are the things that make this deck sing. Like, you just make such enormous numbers. Yeah, and these are all Nathria cards too, right? So it is very much um, a kind of newer, different strategy. Plus, oh, it plays the location as well. Which, again, I love that a lot of these cards or a lot of these decks, sorry, are kind of being helped out by the Nathria cards by the latest expansion. How many of the locations are seeing play? Demon Hunter, yes. Druid, absolutely not. Hunter, not really. Mage, for sure. Yeah, Mage, paladin. Priest. Um, I haven't seen the Paladin one. Sure. I can't even tell you I've what the Paladin one does. <laughs> Just to make, make a thing a 3-3. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen a couple, but not a lot. 
Uh, rogue, yes. Shaman, yes. Warlock, yes. Warrior, that's most of them. That's a lot of them, yeah. Most of them. Yeah. Not Druid. Hunter's kind of fallen out. Not Paladin, really, like an occasional. And all the other ones are seeing play. Like, they did buff um, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the Demon Hunter one in particular, big difference from three mana to two mana. Two yeah. Mana. So yeah, I think overall the the location mechanic, I'm really glad it's going to stick around because it is really interesting. I'm also glad there's a one-turn cooldown. <laughs> that was key. Yes. <laughs> that was so hard to explain and understand on podcasts, and it makes so much sense the second you play with them. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was really hard to to wrap your head around before you saw it actually happen. So uh, I'm glad they're sticking around and it seems to be mostly successful and and very uh, thematic for each different class. So I'm interested to see what we get in the location space going forward. Uh, is that is that pretty much it? Should we move on to emails or is there anything else you want to highlight out of uh, what's currently going on in the meta? So... Just to give like a quick summation of like, listen, if you're listening to this and you want to know what to play. So if you like aggressive stuff, there are a lot of options. Aggradrud and Rage Warrior are really, really aggressive. Um, Imp Warlock, like we talked about it last week, you can play the basic, you can play the curse, like whatever you want to do. If you want to be a little bit more minion-y, a little bit less burny. If you want to play a slower control deck, it's probably going to be Control Shaman or Control Paladin or going to be one of the mages, like Spooky or Big Spell. And you can play um, Relic Demon Hunter as well, pretty good. And if you want to keep playing Beast Hunter, you don't got to change a card in that deck, and you can keep doing it. So if, if you're asking us what is the best thing to do, the best by win rate are the aggressive Snowball Minion decks, which is really Imp Warlock Naga Priest. If you're asking what can I do that I want to do, probably what you want to do. You can mm-hmm. probably do most things right now, uh, as long as you're playing some archetype that like has vaguely seen success so far this expansion, then you can probably do that. Sounds good. Like I said, I jumped in and started playing Spooky Mage, which is, uh, I think, technically right at the bottom of tier two. Yeah, there were, uh, yeah, 50.39% win rate, uh, according to HS Replay, and uh, I was having fun. I was winning games. Like, I wasn't losing to too much, even the uh, the Curse Imp Warlock, so everything feels... Like, it's in a pretty good place right now. It does feel, I mean, as much as, you know, there was a little bit of sarcasm around the patch notes and the statement that the meta was mostly stable, um, I think that, it, you know, it kind of is. It feels pretty good right now. So, uh, yeah, we will uh, probably talk Naga Priest in the strategy section next week if you guys want to give that a try. Um, But, yeah, I think that's going to do it pretty much. It's uh, time for emails. Hello. Hello. It's me. Hello. Um, Just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Hello, brother. (laughs) You can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com like Zumal did, who said, if Renathal were to be changed, what are some options? Not saying that he should be, just want to open the discussion. Um, so this kind of, obviously we alluded to it a little bit earlier on, but, uh, for, for those who don't know, just in case, um, Renathal is, uh, the card that gives you an extra 10 health off the start of the game, but makes you put an extra 10 cards in your deck, which can lower your consistency. Um, it definitely, um, before this patch really felt like it 
punished aggressive decks. There were times where I was trying to play aggressive decks and I'd get Renathal decks down to sub 10 health, which would have been a win in a previous meta. Uh, and I just couldn't get there before they stabilized. So I'm kind of glad that aggressive decks are back in the meta now, back in favor, and we're seeing less Renathal decks, or I guess we're seeing Renathal be used in places where he's effective instead of just everywhere. So I kind of feel like he's okay right now, and I don't know if I would want him to be changed. What about you, Hat? So I want Renathal to be made worse because they print good from hand combo cards. I want the card to not need a nerf because they make the format stronger around him. Mm. And you can't play a 40-card Renathal combo deck, or at least you shouldn't be able to. If you can, then something needs to get nerfed. Um, <laughs> but if they did have to change him, I think it's pretty easy. Like, you just move the life total number down to 35 while keeping the deck thing at 40. The card would read Ooh, much more awkwardly. Yeah, it's... I mean, you think about it like... Yeah, that would... Oh, my God, that would bother me so much. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it like it would be a little incongruent it would be a little awkward but you wouldn't see the card see much play so it wouldn't be a problem but you think about it the like you said the cost to including renathal is the 10 cards and the benefit is the 10 life well make the benefit smaller mm -hmm. make the benefit smaller then you make it a different value to include in your deck if it's only for five life a lot less people are going to include it um but some people feel like they want the extra cards. They view the cards as a benefit, even though objectively in the early game, it's a drawback. Mm -hmm. So you let people do that, and then you just make the reward a lot less. Um, could do that, but I don't envision them doing that. I envision them just making the format more powerful instead. Which is usually what we see in a in a six set meta anyways, right? Is is those are the you have the most cards to play with. It's usually really powerful. That's when the crazy stuff happens right before things rotate out and get a little bit more chill in our four set metas in April, <laughs> March, April. Yeah, though it's they printed a lot of disruption. It could very easily get more powerful, but still not have from hand lethals, in which case Renathal might still be good because then you just have the maximum number of powerful cards to play in your deck mm. and you don't have to worry about getting one shot because the 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 balancing mechanism on mid-range has always been from hand damage agnostic kills, like mm -hmm. a combo that ends the game right there that you can't And your board doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if we get those or if the Atari at five plus all the other disruption they have is enough to stop that. Yeah, I think I mean, I think you're right. Like the only way to to change him, like without making him better, because, you know, I think if we're talking about Renathal being changed, he's either in a good or a powerful place right now. We wouldn't necessarily want to make him more powerful, which I think is why we're we're talking about nerfs, right? Not not buffs. Um, and I don't really think like I like what he enables in terms of changing the size of your deck and so unlike theatar i don't want him to see like a fundamental card text change because it's the first time that we've had some of these things that have been so like set and fundamental and just like the way the game works you know like hearthstone decks have 30 yeah. cards is a thing that we've dealt with for literally eight years and then all of a sudden this card comes along and says but what if 40 like, that's really cool and interesting and fun. So I don't really want that to change. Um, so, yeah, I think if we're if we're talking about making him appear less often, we are talking about a nerf. And then I think you're right. Going after the health change as much as that, like, bleh, 
just gives me like shudders because I, I just like symmetry. <laughs> like I want it to be 40, 40 or 35, 35. But, you know, I get what yeah, you're saying <laughs> is that that wouldn't necessarily. Rule. Yeah. Nerf him. <laughs> yeah. It's a game rule. Like having the rules of the game change and uh, it, it Renathal has other effects too. He makes decks more expensive and he makes games take longer. Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily a lot longer, almost always a lot more expensive. Um, there might be some value to nerfing him so that the decks with 12 legendaries get worse. I was going to say there was like, I can't, I think it might've been, and maybe this is just like control warrior that is popping into my brain, but I feel like there was a warrior deck in the last Masters Tour where, you know, when they actually put up the screen ahead of the match and it shows you all the cards in the deck and it shows you like the dust cost and the cost of the deck was like 25,000 dust or something insane, 28,000 dust. It was, it was absolute insanity. And I was just like, wow, I remember when we used to look at that and think like 4,000 dust, that's an expensive deck. (laughs) It's... I mean, uh, Wallet Warrior, you think back to Wallet Warrior in the original days, had like six or seven legendaries, and people were like, this is the most expensive deck in the game. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, like, that's the number of free legendaries in a deck. Then you have the collectibles on top. Yeah, it's it's madness. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think, uh, Ren- I think Renathal's fine, but if he were to be changed, then, yeah, I think I agree with Hat's, uh, Hat's nerf. Uh, who's the next question from? From... Cliche, cliche. It the E is capitalized, but it's cliche. <laughs> I, that's what we're gonna say. Um, <laughs> what was the most overhyped card during this expansion and mini set cycle? Do any immediately jump to your mind? Because otherwise, I'm gonna surreptitiously bring up my rating spreadsheet. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. This is this is all you. This is a hat question. <laughs> okay. This is um, Jocelyn doesn't remember <laughs> names of cards. I, so I've been looking things up while we've been talking. There's uh, two answers that stand out to me. But the first answer, this is not a bad card. It's a very good card. But I'm going to call it overhyped because people thought impending catastrophe was going to get nerfed in the first week. Mm-hmm. It's Because when, when we saw it in theory crafting, it was always like two mana draw seven. We were playing crappy theory crafting decks. And we were like, this is ridiculous. They just always have cards. What do I do? Turns out, by the way, the location was the crazy thing because yeah. you would just die <laughs> uh, and they nerfed it. But impending catastrophe, everyone thought it was an instantaneous, obvious nerf target. And now we have to talk people out of keeping it in the mulligan in our strategy segment because <laughs> they they remember losing to it. But when you actually play with it, it draws two or three cards an awful lot of the time. Yeah, I I mean, it's still two mana draw like two or three and even like two mana draw two again i've been playing mage literally like this week slash today so it's fresh in my mind but like arcane intellect is like three mana draw two (laughs) this is two mana draw three that's the opposite it's backwards it's too good so (laughs) this is better than arcane intellect yeah it's better yes i agree i agree with that statement but like i mean i would say it's usually two or three often four sometimes five or six sometimes like full hand refill and it's just like man oh man that yeah i i am definitely part of the hype <laughs> whether it is over or Me too. you know like whether it's over hype or not i don't know i mean i feel like um in terms of 
overhyped cards in the expansion. When I think of that terminology, I think of something that people are like, this is going to be meta defining game breaking. And then we get to the actual expansion and it never sees play. Do we have any cards like that? Because impending catastrophe still sees play, right? So it's still good. Um, do we have anything that like nobody's touching? <laughs> so a couple of the legendaries do stand out to me. Um, all of the dude paladin cards I thought were going to be better than they were, and Stuart the Steward in particular. Mm. He, I don't know if people were super high on him, but he's just not a thing. <laughs> just not like even in the paladin decks that are going around, they aren't even playing him because they overwrite their hero power with Cariel. So mm-hmm. they don't have dudes all the time. Um, and then the shaman one, Baroness Vosh, where when you evolve her, she stays on the board and she spits right. out a five instead. I haven't yeah. seen her at all in a really long, like maybe first week of the expansion and that was it. It was like first two or three days. And then people realized they would rather Muckpool's Goldshire Knoll instead of this random four drop. Mm. Um, and they did that. Yeah, which is gross. <laughs> it's gross and I yep. hate it. <laughs> so yeah, so Baroness Vosh is kind of like, just stop being a thing after the initial testing phase. And now people have literally forgotten about her. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I feel bad for her. But yeah, the gnolls are just straight up better. (laughs) Do not have sympathy for Evolve. It's okay for an Evolve card to be only okay. This is (laughs) fine. I just, I I am kind of looking forward to when we have the Evolve stuff, but in an entirely, like with an entirely new set of cards, because we had the Evolve Shaman with that special event, right? With a lot of these cards from Barons and all that other kind of stuff. So with all of that stuff gone, like say bye-bye to Knowles, I'm really interested to see if things in a four-set meta like Vaj actually start to see uh, some play in an Evolve deck. And if, you know, they can do not overpowered stuff but like interesting stuff with with the evolved tools that kind of came about this year so i'm i'm interested to see what that meta feels like for evolve shaman i'd be curious to see if there's like a middle of the road kind of kind of okay evolve deck that then gets uh made not good enough when they release more sets yeah i'm i am down for that to be evolved place in the world of a thing you can do but not the best thing to do love yeah. that big yeah. fan would love that um, we do have another question here that we'll touch on briefly from D spoons, but the first S is a five. <laughs> e five. It, I don't say D spoons. The second S is an S, which I guess <laughs> makes it the first S. Yes. This is very confusing. The <laughs> odds that we will see DK as a new class 50, 50, either we will or we won't. Next question. <laughs> yeah, I think we touched on this a lot earlier, but what we thought, you know, and I mean, I think my my thoughts are not necessarily anti-DK as a class. I think that that might be something that we see, whether it's in this final set of the year or in the, you know, the new set in the spring. Um, there's a pretty good chance, I think, that we might see DKs. Um, I think DKs and monks are, are the things that they've been thinking about for years and the best way to do them. Well, you know, with a lot of the same considerations as when Demon Hunter came out, they want it to feel different they want them to have their own identity and their own thing that they do they don't just want them to be like a reimagined you know insert class here like reimagined pal like paladins but they're dark you know that that's not something that they really want to do so i think that uh 
there's a there's a good chance that we will see new classes. I don't know when exactly that's going to be. The thing that I really was um, kind of bristling at earlier on in the show is the idea of like bringing all the Death Knight cards back. And that whole like that whole rumor as a whole, I think, is probably incorrect. That doesn't mean DKs aren't coming, um, whether it's, you know, in a month or, you know, four months when we get the next expansion the next next expansion <laughs> but uh yeah i think the odds are pretty good i think because these have been ideas they've been throwing around for a long time in terms of uh bringing the rest of the wow classes in um and dk's and monks are probably on the horizon and who knows we might even see the new dragon guys eventually can you remember what they're called the it- evoker evokers right there you go evokers <laughs> I, yeah, like I've been wondering in what they're going to do for a new class like DK and Monk to make WoW parody make sense but also Dragonflight's coming out like soon to now ish like it's uh, really soon about five weeks uh, November 28th it, and which is roughly when we think we'll see the new Hearthstone expansion dun, dun, dun. what if they just skip over DKs and Monks completely and go bam evokers <laughs> But it's a simultaneous release in two different games would be kind of hype as hell, right? Yeah, (laughs) that would be pretty nuts. (laughs) And I mean, when Ixar made his original statement almost two years ago now saying no new classes for two years, that would have been (laughs) like very, very early development on Dragonflight, right? So they may not even have realized they were going to do a new class in Dragonflight. I don't know what the WoW development cycle looks like, but, you know, like, that would have been very close to, like, Shadowlands, like, 9.0 stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the two teams got together and said, hey, what if we evokers? <laughs> it's, that would be freaking wild, man. <laughs> it, it would be, like, it yeah. would be... Just thinking about where this could go and what the reaction would be like, I don't know. That would be. I don't know if people would be stoked or if people would just riot. Like it could go either way. (laughs) Or both. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's because if the logic is you want to bring parity with the classes in WoW and you're adding a new class to WoW, then starting from the newest, like. Demon Hunter is newer than Monk and DK, and they did Demon Hunter first. Yep. I don't know. The more I talk about this, the more <laughs> that I think this would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, it yeah. Like at first, it was a like a jokey suggestion, but now, like you say, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, but what if? <laughs> like, if I mean, there was a. It seven, would be a yeah. new class. It would have more cards, which is all stuff that we talked about earlier on with the DK idea. So, I mean, the evokers, which are objectively cool. Exactly. Everybody loves dragons. Who doesn't love dragons? I think that's what they're banking on to bring WoW out of the Shadowlands gutter. Like, (laughs) they're it's a very interesting class. They have a lot of unique abilities because you're literally a dragon (laughs) so i mean i don't really think that it necessarily would you know um step on the toes of other hearthstone classes the way that they've been imagined like i think there's a lot of stuff you could do um with the evoker like 
tool set that they have in Warcraft, like bringing that over. They've got healing stuff going on as well as like tanking stuff and everything. And I think they're tanks. Actually, I can't remember now. They're definitely healers and definitely damaged. Now I just can't remember if they can tank or not. Anyways, uh, point is, they've got a lot of cool dragon powers that I think would be interesting to see uh, Hearthstone's take on. Like, oh, man, the more we talk about this, the more we're like, actually, maybe it's just evokers like screw DKs. <laughs> maybe it's just evokers. And maybe the fun event is like bringing back all of the dragons in Hearthstone's history or something. Who knows? Imagine if Dragon Queen Alex Draza was in standard for a month. That would be a pretty cool event. I mean, I do think that, like, if we're talking about the cool event that's going to come in 24.6 that they've alluded to in the patch notes, then tying an event in with an expansion launch on the WoW side of things, I can definitely see that happening. And I can see that being something like maybe we bring like even Galacron stuff back, like you know, maybe <laughs> Descent of Dragons, who knows? Like there there could be some some cool dragony eventy stuff going on leading up to the launch of these next two expansions, one in Hearthstone, one in WoW. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember. Um, have we ever had like two expansions, like one in WoW, one in Hearthstone come so close together before, like timing wise? Because it feels like they're going to come out like within a week of each other, if not the same week. I feel like Barons and WoW Classic were pretty close. Mm, um, you might be right. But I don't, but that's not an expansion. Like, expansions are once every two years in WoW. Like, yeah. it's, it's a big, big deal. Um, and so there wouldn't have been that many opportunities. I don't remember when Legion came out. Um, mm. And I don't remember when BFA came out. I have tried to blot that out of my memory. <laughs> Uh, Smooky in chat room is saying Galacron talk has been all over the WoW expansion. Why not tie it together? Yeah, exactly. Like we might have some sort of like Galacron in Hearthstone because Galacron was so huge uh, to Descent of Dragons. So it would kind of be interesting to to have that uh, 24.6 event involve uh, some of the Galacron uh, cards and some of the Descent of Dragons cards. Who knows? Um, Is invoke before you evoke? Like, come on, oh! this writes itself. Oh my God. <laughs> This writes itself. But, we are marketing okay. geniuses. Blizzard, hire hat. <laughs> I am updating the show title. Invoke before you evoke. All right. But hold on. Reeling it in. Reeling it in real quick. This is how we think the DK rumor mill started. Is what yeah. we're doing right <laughs> now. Exactly. Of saying something, <laughs> saying something that sounds plausible and then getting excited about it. And then listeners say, I want that too. And then they start talking about it. And now it's a rumor. Yeah. We're just baselessly speculating based on an expansion that we think is coming out the first week of December and a WoW expansion that we think is coming out last week of November. Well, we know that the, the both, WoW expansion yeah. date. That's confirmed. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're thinking those two things are potentially in proximity. And we've heard rumors of a new class. And we know there's a new class in WoW. So maybe that's what's happening here, but we know nothing about it, yeah. not a single thing. So do not let our wild speculation and ensuing excitement lead you to believe there's any credibility to this at all. We're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if anything sticks. But we're we going to look how, so freaking yeah. smart, though, if this is uh, what actually yeah. happens. <laughs> it's they're going to people are going to call it shills even more than usual. Yeah, they're going to assume that this is a plant. 
No, I actually hope we're wrong so they don't think that we're plants. But either way, this is how we think the DK rumor started. The people that know things are, it is illegal for them to tell you because they've all signed NDAs. So if anyone is telling you something, then they can't possibly know. Yep. So don't listen to anybody. Yeah. Well, listen to us, but because you like us. Yeah, that's a a good uh, rule to live by. (laughs) If someone's telling you something, they're probably lying because if they really knew, they couldn't tell you. (laughs) Mm. All right. There are some life lessons in there that I'm too sober to examine. (laughs) Well, we should probably leave it at that then. Uh, That's going to do it for us tonight. We are supported by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. When you become a TAC patron, you do get access to our amazing Discord as well as some other perks to go and check that out wanted to say an extra super big ultra mega thank you to our patreon producers dustin c and jared f thank you so much for supporting the show the back catalog of the angry chicken can be found over on theangrychicken.com and you can also go and follow the show over on twitter at tac podcast you can also catch the live show on wednesday nights at or around 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash jossplays. That's J-O-C-E plays, which is also where you can find me over on Twitter. Uh, Hat, where can folks find you on the internet? The hub of my con is twitter.com slash ridiculous hat, which is now a combined Hearthstone Marvel snap feed for the last day or two uh, because that game just came out and it's fun and I've been playing it for a while and been talking about it, but still a lot of Hearthstone talk over there. Also, I have two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Concede, Hearthstone podcast where we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at And Vicious Syndicate where we take a data-driven look at the high-level legend metagame. Joss, what about you? Uh, as I already said, Twitter and Twitch, Joss Plays. Uh, but also, please do go check out The Gamers In. You can find that at gamersinpodcast.com. Um, Gamers In right now, we're doing Extra Life, which, I mean, if you guys have been following Angry Chicken, if you've been following The Gamers In, you guys know I do this every year. I think this is my 11th or 12th year. Can't remember. Lots of years, anyways. Uh, we raise money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals every fall. Uh, We are doing our game day that's coming up the first Saturday in November. I believe it's the 5th. Uh, My co-host Ryan is doing a stream this Friday night. They're playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, We're kind of we're going to end up doing probably five or six streams over the course of uh, November and December. So please do support that. Uh, Go and check it out. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 in order to find our team page. You can donate to anybody on our team. Uh, We have some pretty high goals this year. We would really appreciate your support. Again, our game day is going to be streamed live on Twitch at Twitch tv slash joss plays so if you are watching the show live right now you're already here hit the follow button please do that and then come back on november 5th and uh and come and support our really really good cause we've had some pretty uh successful years i think last year we ended up over five thousand dollars as a team for the children's miracle network so it's a great cause. I love doing it. Uh, hopefully I have uh, recovered enough in like two weeks from now to actually do a, you know, 12 to 16 hour stream. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good cause. I love doing it. And uh, yeah, so go and check it out. Bitly slash TGI Extra Life 2022 uh, is where you can find all of the donation pages and uh, do follow Twitch streams so that you can be here on game day. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, job's done. Job's done.
job's done. <laughs>